Hey y'all, it's your girl. I would like to make a few announcements. First thing first, I am She Free Real Z has a website now. So you can go to www.iamshefreerealz.com. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited. You will too. Go to the site and you'll see all that we have for you. There are events, there's advertisements, and all that other good stuff there, right? Right. Now, Let's go ahead and talk about the Petty Teapot. The Petty Teapot will be coming soon, like really, really soon, like really soon. And you may ask, what is the Petty Teapot? Honey, all I can say right now that it is a petty, honey. It is too petty. So I'm just letting y'all know what's coming up and look out for. Also look out for those giveaways, honey. We're about to do these giveaways. We want to give, give, give. Is that okay? So make sure you tell your family, friends, your associates, your side chicks, your bitches, your hoes, you let them know for real for real so let's go ahead and move forward to these hot ass topics b Hey y'all, this your girl Quarter Stubbs, your lovely host on I Am She for Busy Show. I do have a lovely co-host with me, Ali Waters, honey. She's going to introduce herself so the world can know who she is and what she's about. So please tune in if you want this tea. Hey sis, are you with me? Oh, I'm with you. All right, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. So um, I see that your real name is Ali Waters. Is that correct? Oh, no, baby. My real name is not Ali Waters. Oh, it's not? <laughs> that, is, that is the identity that I go by now since I um started my spiritual journey. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that, my, oh, go ahead, mama. Oh, okay. My birth name is Alicia Monique Green. Okay. Yeah. And Ali Waters is what emerged from the experiences of Alicia Monique Green. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, I love the names, but um, can you give us like what uh, uh, your name stands for? The one that's emerged, um, Ali Waters? Um, yeah, when I, uh, I was asking spirit for a name, mm-hmm. I was asking for spirit for a name. And my, since my first name is Alicia, A-L-I, okay. you know, I was like, I'm going to go with that Ali mm. because it means God. Yeah. And, um, well, at least that's what I've known for Ali to mean in the, uh, Islam religion that I have never been a part of, okay. but that stuck with me. Ali means God. And since we are all gods, they say, I took that upon myself. And because water is the nourishment of life, you know, I figured what I brought to the table would help quench the thirst of many others. And so, you know, my sisters told me, I think you should call yourself Ollie Waters when I asked for a name. And I was like, that's exactly it. I love it. That's right. Yeah, that's beautiful. And even just like, it's like a reminder to you, like by your name, Alicia, yes. and they have the A-L-I. And it's like, yes. here, they're telling you this is what your name is. You know what I'm saying? Like, because names yes, are important. and I'm a Pisces. Yeah. See, yeah, that's awesome. Because I just believe yes. that, um, you know, just just when, um, you know, parents give us our names, 
I just need that it's some, some meaning to that. And I know a young lady that does names and breaks it down, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, I think that is very powerful and I love it. So, uh, where are you from? Like, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes. And born in a little town. A little town called Algiers, Algiers, mm-hmm. Algiers, Louisiana, and it's um, it has never actually been an official town. Okay, and separate from the actual city of New Orleans, but we're still called New Orleans, and that place that I am from, the whole area, was a slave plantation. Mm. Everybody that's there, you know, we are pretty much what has never left the slave plantation. Mm -hmm. One of the, uh, what they say, we, Algiers, Louisiana is one of the poorest places in America. (laughs) Wow. So I'm actually, I would say that I'm from the slums. I'm from the old murky, muddy Louisiana waters where alligators eat motherfucking alligators wow really um yeah how was my childhood let's see you see i was born to a mother who was already i would i call it the sunken place when you were already traumatized as a child Mm -hmm. and you know you whatever happened to you your mind was stuck in that place Mm -hmm. so although her body developed her mind never did so i was born to you know a mother who was already you know an abused child Mm. who already hated herself who already you know didn't know what love was love is because she went unprotected yes and of course my father was a vibrational match to that you know and I really don't know the story of what happened to him in his life but I know it wasn't good if he was a vibrational match to my mother. So I came in through two very damaged people. Yes. So, you know, hey, like, you know, but I always, I look at it now is every last one of us, our main objective was to get into this motherfucking world. Right. And yes. Our main objective was to be here. And I look at that shit as winning the lottery because it had a, a lot of shit had to come together for us to make it here and to be in this reality right now in this moment. Right. So yes. that's how I'm now. But yeah, I came through two very hurt, wounded people who were already in a sunken place. You know, I was born to my mother was 16 when she had me. Mm. My father was the same age, you know. Um hell, the way that I heard that story, you know, she met him out one day. I don't know what happened, but, you know, they end up laying together. I was conceived just like that, just like magic. Wow. They went this, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you're a magical baby. Right. My cousin seen him later on down the line, and she was like, hey, you know my cousin pregnant for you, huh? And he was like, what? And because, you know, he came from my grandmother, you know, she a little bougie. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, no, we're going to go and check on that shit. And so that's how... He ended up coming back into the picture, mm. but you know, part of my life because he was in jail, in and out, mm. my life, my whole entire life. Sorry, but yeah, yeah, that's what I came. That's what I came in. That's that's you know that's the that I came in on. That's my spaceship. But, okay. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I was raised in my grandparents' house because my mother was 16 when she had me. Mm-hmm. So I spent my childhood there. Um, by the time I say I was walking, I was pretty much on my own mm-hmm. because <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> any attention, mm-hmm. any love or anything like that. Wow. And you know, I went unprotected, obviously, because I was sexually abused in that house prior to the age of, you know, three years old. Mm, sorry to hear that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how was your yeah. teen, how was your teenager years? Like, um, Girl, your teen years? I, well, I'm getting all the to that, baby. Oh, okay. I'm going to the foundation. <laughs> I got to start <laughs> the foundation to give you a real understanding of how the teenage years ended up, how they ended up. Oh, okay. <laughs> None of it's pretty. <laughs> but yeah, being sexually abused at a very young age, you know, and then by the time I was two, my brother came into the picture and he was light skinned because my mother knew she wasn't about to make the same mistake again, you know, by having a dark skinned child. Mm. So, so, you know, to have the light skinned children. So he came into the picture. And then soon after that, my sister came into the picture. So by the time I was five, I had two younger siblings that were both light skinned. Mm. And, you know, I'm the dark skinned one who never received any attention, love or affection. But now I see the light skinned children, you know, wow. and see them receiving all of this, all while being told dark, ugly and everything else because I'm in a plantation, right? Yeah. And this is the treatment that the dark-skinned nigga receives on, a tr- uh, on the plantation. Wow. And so even without, you know, of course, I don't blame her because she had no idea what the fuck she was doing because she was already in the sunken place when I look, you know, now that I know what I know now. But, yeah, that's what she was programming me with. Mm-hmm. That your dark skin, your blackness, fuck, we ain't giving you no love in this motherfucker. Oh, wow. So, of course, you ain't going to respond here in the world yes but that's what i was programmed with by you know at the age of five by the time i was five so by the time i ended entered into kindergarten i'm already trained to wear a very powerful mask a very powerful illusion Mm. because i already didn't experienced what happens you know when you go out and say something about what's going on inside of the house because snakes look out for snakes where I'm from. Wow. Mm. You know, I'm already five years old, already programmed to this. And because I am who I am and I am a Pisces, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I came into this world with a pure heart. Apparently, you know, my consciousness, you know, was leaving and, you know, going somewhere else, which is how I was able to get through all of this shit. But, you know, now at five years old, we're moving outside of my grandparents' house. And, you know, my first experience now is um, and was with my mother and one of her new boyfriends. And, you know, this is after she had two more children. Well, you know, my brother and my sister, the light-skinned children. But this man was not any of their fathers. Mm. So... You know, now we're moving in the house with a complete stranger and somebody who was much older than her. So pretty much what she did was sold herself into what I call, I like to term sex slavery, because Mm -hmm. all it is is who has been trained to be a sex slave going out and looking for a master. And that's pretty much what she did all her life. That's 
I've been exposed to. And so, you know, I seen the relationship between the two of them and my mama, she a big head honcho demon. She ain't gonna let nobody fuck over her. You know, I, I don't know I don't know what that is info. But my mama my was motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? I'm fucking bills, you know, and to, you know, do whatever, then you got to go. But you know, I would see her beat men up and shit like that. Yeah. So this is what I'm being exposed to now outside of my grandparents' house because I've never been exposed to this because I've never seen them fight because they was already too old yeah. to do that. You know, so I never seen the shit go down between them. So now I'm in this household with her and this man, and now I'm seeing this shit. Then I remember an experience with my auntie. I was at her house because she lived downstairs from where we live. And the man she was with, I'm seeing them, you know, like he is beating her fucking ass. Mm. And like this is the first time, like I, it was my first, that was my very first experience to that type of violence, even though I've been fighting boys since I've been four, but it was my mm-hmm. first time seeing adults fight like that. And, you know, he is beating her ass. And how old and are you? You know, I'm t- five at this oh, time, okay. wow. you know, so, and this is before I started school. Mm. So um, I'm seeing this shit, you know, I'm in tears because like, you know, this is the most violent shit I have ever seen in my, you know, 3D reality thus far. And then the next day I seen them together and everything was, you know, peaches and fucking cream. So as a child, I know now that I took it, you know, I took that program upon myself. That program was downloaded into me that it's perfectly okay to be in a relationship with a man and for y'all to fight like this because this is what people do, right? They fight it out. Yeah. It, they make up the next day. This is what we do. So, you know, this is what I was exposed to with my mother and the relationship that she was in at that time. And every relationship that, you know, that I've seen her in and that I've been in. But, um, you know, I've seen her from the time I was five go through a string of men by the time I was eight years old. Multiple men, you know, were in and out. We never remained any place, you know, longer, you know, it looked like we never remained any place more a, a year. We moved around a lot because she was always in and out of different relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, by the time I was eight years old, shit, you know, I guess she couldn't find no more men in New Orleans. And so she got the ideal in her head from one of my uncles to, um, move where he was, which is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And by the time I was eight years old, she pretty much uprooted us there. Or it may have happened when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. But prior to that happening, shit, only type of men that I were exposed to were the predators that preyed upon her and the boy cousins that I had. And because I was a, you know, a tomboy, a warrior, yeah. or we pretty much every day fought each other, you know, we looked at that shit as sport. So I was yeah. already well-trained, you know, to fight a man, point blank, period. Right. You know, like, still fucking tough. Huh. I'm not even much going to lie about that, because all I fought was boys. Right. And then I was the smallest one, too, you know, like, I'm 5'1 now. 
when I was always, I'm still the smallest one and have always been the smallest one, but I used to throw down with the mother. Okay. Hey. I was always more tough. And so at nine years old, we uprooted and moved to too far South Dakota. Now I'm in a whole different reality. Cause ain't number white people out here now. And you didn't already well prepared me to be a slave. Mm. You didn't already show me that my dark, my little ugly black dark skin ass is ugly, worthless, a bitch, a whore, you know, everything a dark skin girl, a woman would receive. Wow. You know, that world now I've been receiving that shit since I came in you know in the household so it ain't nothing new to me but you know I'm already real well trained and programmed in this this you know in this mindset in this psychological warfare this is where I am but we go out there and I'm exposed to all these white people you know things that I was able to do in New Orleans you know just around the house or outside of some shit you know I'm now getting beat for doing this shit out here. But, you know, there was never any type of conversation or anything to tell me I had to change, you know, everything that I am. Basically, I had to put on a whole new mask now because I'm in front of these white folks and you don't want to be embarrassed right. by which they programmed me to be, you know? Wow. But, yeah. Now, oh, you want to ask a question? Oh, yeah. So, I was going to ask, too, so... Um, now coming up through, throughout your childhood and, um, cause, cause I want to know about your teen years. Did you uh, experience teen pregnancy? Did you, how did you overcome, you know, seeing that at five, you know, well, moving when you were like, what, eight and then, you know, going into your teenage years? Okay. Well, now I'm exposed to all these white people. And of course we, I'm a vibrational match to them because this is a little small town. Mm -hmm. I was molested in the house by... Uh, this Ethiopian man that my mother found out there. Oh wow! You know, he put it in the house, thing like that. So now I'm in the house with this 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 predator. He was I don't know maybe 10, 15 years older than her. Um, but um, when she used to go to work, we were left there. Me and my sister, we were left there with him. You know, and he he did his thing. Wow! And Sorry to hear that. Already experienced the shit. I was already well trained in that, you know, by the time I was five. Mm -hmm. So I, I was none the wiser because there was never any talk of what have ever happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to me, it was already normal. This was already part of the routine of being left alone with a man. Mm. But uh, I didn't even know anything was going wrong until one day my mother called home. And he told me to be quiet. He told me to shush. And when he did that, you know, it triggered something in me. And I'm like, why do I have to shush in my mind, you know? Because if nothing was going wrong, you know, I wouldn't have to be quiet. And, you know, and we were in her room at the time. Mm. And so after that, I ended up writing, you know, like it triggered me like something was really happening. And so the best way that I was able to get it out, you know, I decided to write her a letter and I think I was 11 years old at this time I be, I wrote her a letter and I was just asking her to go back to New Orleans because I didn't want to be in this house anymore and um, I was telling her the reason why and I told her because you know Mingus is touching on me and I don't want to be here anymore and so the way it played out wow. you know it was pure magic it was built, you know pure spiritual intervention pretty much because 
she never, you know, gave a damn about anything that I was doing as far as sitting down, whether it was homework or, you know, writing anything, you know, there was never a care or concern about anything like that. And it just so happens that I'm writing this out on paper and, you know, oh, what you writing? And I was like, oh, nothing. And, you know, oh, what you writing? And then she comes over to me, approaches me like a bully already yeah. and yanks the paper out of my hand and then starts reading it. And then after she gets to the part where I says he's touching me, you know, that's when a demon takes over on her and she turns on me, wow. you know, mm -hmm. you know, I became the one who was stirring up shit and, you know, causing trouble. And, you know, the way, you know, as a child, fuck, I already seen, you know, I'd already experienced what type of bully you are because you abused me physically, you know, throughout all of my childhood, you know, so now I'm seeing this shit and she pretty much bullied me into saying that it never happened and that um, I was only saying that so I can get back to New Orleans, you know, and that was the lie I had to stick with throughout my whole, you know, teenage years, childhood, uh, you know, even into my adult years, because it was never spoken about again. But what she showed me right then and there in that moment was, fuck, that I was completely on my own at that point. Oh, wow. Because, you know, you know, like, you know, you've been here, you beat me my whole life, you, you know, did abuse me mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and all that shit. But now I knew for real, for real, that I had none of your protection. You know what I'm saying? Because this shit happened and I come to you with this, but this is what I, you know, you gave me. I became the attacker and the aggressor. You know, I was the one causing the problem for you in that moment. So, even though I was completely honest. Okay, so let me ask you this, uh, Ali. Um, have, since you're an adult and you have uh, you have your own children, have you spoken to your mother about the past, or you just let it go? Oh, hell yeah. oh okay. Oh, hell yeah. Shit, girl. You ain't even ready for that part of the story yet. I ain't even much gonna lie. But that has been spiritual awakening and purging. Okay. But uh, I'm, after that shit happened, I knew I was on my own. And plus, I was already highly sexually activated from the childhood, the abuse I experienced in my childhood, you know, leading up to this experience. Yeah. It already showed me there was no value on my, you know, on my body, period. So I'm already programmed to that shit. I'm dark skinned. I'm black. I'm ugly. I'm a whore. I'm bitch. This, you know, the whole the whole enchilada already with this program and I already got to pretend for these motherfucking white people because this is what you trained me to do so I can't you know there's never have been a moment for me to just really ever be myself because I've been wearing all these masks to protect everybody else but by the age of that, that I turned 13 that's when I became sexually active mm. myself and that shit pretty much went down like a ritual because it just so happens that the girl that I was with was pretty much a sex slave her goddamn self okay. from Ethiopia. Oh, okay. You know? In middle school. And of course, she was an abused child and I was an abused child. So we were a vibrational match to each other and we became best friends. Okay. And so I spent a lot of times at her house on the weekends or, you know, I would even go to school from her house. And the situation that was, she was in, she was already... Um, she, her mother... You know, had a younger boyfriend, 
that I think was like 25 years old. And um, shit, she, this was her boyfriend, you know, and she was 15 years old at the time in middle school with me. And she's, you know, carrying, you know, on and she's in a full blown sexual relationship with this man who's in the house as your mother's boyfriend. But she ended up being the girl who I was with when I had my first um, conscious sexual experience when I went into it willingly, shall I say. Okay. And it was like, she, you know, it was like she was handing me off. She was preparing me for what the fuck I was about to begin to experience. And, you know, that was at 13 years old. After that, I had many, and that boy was 18 years old. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, always with men that was older than me. And I can honestly say from that point on, I was just completely sexually active because this was the only way that I received any type of attention or affection, period. Point blank, period. Because I never received it my whole life. And this is what my mother has shown me that men want based of, you know, based off of me seeing all the men come in and out throughout, you know, my whole childhood. And so by the time, yeah, that was already from 13 up until the time that I had my daughter, got pregnant with my daughter. I've, I've had multiple sexual encounters because I was already programmed as a sex slave. I had no value on my body. I have never, I had no protection from, you know, no man in my life ever. I had no mother who gave it, you know, had none of that shit. So I was just up for, up for the grabs for whatever predator wanted to have their way with me. And so, of course, I never had any healthy relationships. And by the time I got pregnant, that was me, I guess, at that age. I was 15 when I got pregnant. Okay. And at that age... I guess I look at it now as, you know, doing my best to find one master. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hopefully this shit will work out. However, I'm already programmed to know men being in the picture, period. So after I got pregnant with that child, and that was a straight up abusive pregnant pregnancy, you know, that was straight up torment and torture based off of the treatment that I received in a relationship with that man and he was um he was with like three or four years older than me as well and so I think he was like 19 when I gave birth to that child mm. to Dejanae. okay you know so you know the pregnancy was pure hell let me ask you this Ali how do you feel now telling your story right now to the ones that are listening that may can relate to you know what's what happened to you um like how do that make you feel you know what i mean like just i mean i'm not sure if you have went on a show or a podcast or live or any social media maybe no, no. this is you getting the you getting the first is baby. okay so how does this make you feel now to be able to speak about this and released and you know this is another part of healing um as you stated to me um you know open up this platform for you know for people you know to speak about you know what have happened in their lives you know do you feel a certain way right um, now or is it going to maybe hit you later after the show when you listen to yourself um 
it's gonna hit I feel a certain type of way right now, but it's definitely gonna hit me later when I hear myself. Because although I've been telling this story to myself, you know, getting it out for the past two years, yeah. coming to terms with yeah. it, you know, um, this is my first time saying, you know what, fuck it. I just gotta, you know, I gotta tell it for anybody who wants to hear it. Exactly. Because the 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 aim that I set in my mind for myself is that I want to be the example to show people what it means to awaken from that slave mentality, from the mentality that everything that was handed to us throughout this 400 years of slavery. I want to be the example for what it means to wake up from this shit and to use my experiences to help heal people because we can wake up from this shit and we can transform ourselves. And I want to be an example to show people that we can do that. Because like I said, I started from the bottom and my spirit have already shown me where I am going. And I told the motherfuckers, my spirits, that I'm all motherfucking in and I'm going to do this shit. Uh, trust me. And I'm I, I do. Uh, oh, go ahead, sis. Oh, you can go ahead. That's all I had to say oh, about that. Sorry, but yeah, I, I mean, I really do appreciate you, you know, um, you know, you sharing this information because I'm sure it's not hard. I'm, so I'm sure it's not easy to talk about this. It's very hard, um, you know, for many to even speak about what had happened. And yes, you're right. Everything does start in the household. And parents do, yes. you know, um, walk away from the situation, don't believe uh, their child, which I think is so absurd, you know, like it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's unnecessary yeah. because that is your child. And I believe your children would have no reason to lie. You should know your children's character. You should know who your children are to know if this is coming from a serious place or a, a different place. You know, rather if it's not serious, it's something you still look into. So I'm so sorry that you had to endure, you know, that experience, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and have to go through that and seen so much because the first seven years of a child's life is so important. Because yes, you know that's yep. when they turn seven, that's who they want to be. Like their character is created from what they have seen, yes. what they have heard, what they have listened to. So um, yes. I'm glad for your awakening. I'm glad that you, yes. you know, you you're coming here and you're speaking about it. And I'm I'm just so appreciative for even other women or men that have been abused, or the parents just look the other way, and it's horrible. You know, so and let me and let me ask you this. So when you had your daughter uh, six years old, were you able to graduate from high school or did you drop out? In high school shit, that shit was easy for me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was already well trained to put on my mask. Therefore, when I was in school, mm -hmm. you know, I was always on my P's and Q's. You know, and my grades were already straight, you know. Okay. I was always in school and everything. I was never acknowledged by my mother, you know, but my teachers always acknowledged me. My grades were all, always on point and shit like that. So I, I wore that mask very well. Nobody was none the wiser to anything that was ever going on, you know, in my life, in my household. Wow. And see, we do look for our parents to be proud of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, yeah, when, we, I, even yeah. when we make decisions, it's based off we want our parents to 
um, be proud of us. And in certain things that I have done for my mother to be proud of me uh, or not be upset with me. And then when I make this decision, you know, she have told me, well, you ain't do it for me. The hell I did. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so it's just at the end of the day, like as I'm an adult now, I'm just doing what the hell I please. You know, you know me on social yes. media. I'll be cursing my ass. I'll be no, I don't care because it is what it is. You know, parent on parent on my social media not. If you don't like it, find your own friend button. You know, it's always there waiting for you. So it's just you know, yes, we do look for our parents' approval. Yes, we do look for our parents to say, Hey, I'm proud of you when we do certain things. So and I don't care if I'm going up thirty three years old, I still look for my mother to say, Quarter, I'm proud of Mm. you. You have, you know, mm. done a great job, you know, being a mother or keeping your, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I have dealt with a lot of stuff when I was young. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yes, we uh, look from that yeah. from our mother. But see, you know what's great, Ali, that you have a daughter. And I have my yes. daughter. And I'm definitely going to break the generational curses. I am going to protect yes. my daughter. My daughter is going on two years old. I cannot allow her to sleep over her grandparents' house or go, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can visit, but it's not going to be like that. I'm not ready for that. And I have a son, exactly. but you just still have to kind of like, I'm not going to say, because things can happen to little boys too, but you know, yes. they definitely, so you have to keep your guard up for both children, you know? So it's just, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, um, yes, parents, if you're listening, yes, your children still seek your approval and they do still want you to say, I'm proud of you. Don't matter uh, that you're proud of them does not mean that they're out there, out the house, they have their own families or they living with you. It doesn't matter. We still look for that from our parents. And um, we do look for acknowledgement, but you want, a parent want acknowledgement. You know, they want acknowledgement all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, you know, it's just, it, it's just, it's really sad, you know, how parents, you know, um, during that time anyway, think, you know, my mom, she's young. My mom is just made, I think like 47 or something. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. My mom's young. So, yeah. um, okay. My mom, my mom, a foreign of mine, but she's 52 or 53. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I have a young mom. So it's just, everything is the way things are done is passed on from her childhood it's just like a whole damn cycle and i said i'm not bringing that shit i'm i'm not bringing that shit at my house that's what i've been telling them but everybody think i'm crazy Uh you're not crazy oh i know i'm not Mm -hmm. oh i know i'm not I forget you. If I'm crazy, I don't want to be with Charlie. That's what I know. Exactly. So yeah, I definitely know that you know you know you're not crazy. People love calling me crazy. Like I have my issues. If I have issues, it's because you created them for me. And you know what I'm saying? Like what the fuck? Like I'm not gonna come up from you birthing me or raising me to have issues. You need to find out what the issues came from, where it grew from. And then the reason why I still have issues because things have been uh, slipped under the rug. It has not been talked about. All that shit has not been exposed. Exactly. So, girl, anyway, moving on before I, girl, make, girl, we supposed to be introducing Ali Waters, girl. Don't don't get me started. Okay, so, let me listen. So, since you did great in school, high school, which is awesome, did you, you know, what did you do after high school? Did you go to college or? Okay, all right. Get into that. But I got to tell you that when I gave birth at 16, Mm -hmm. 
that I ended up giving birth to a child that was blind, mm. you know. Okay. You know, who have um, what people would call, they call it autism, but I just know she's on a universal spectrum communicating with interdimensional beings, okay. you know. I know that, but everybody else call it autism. So, bam, now that's on my plate. And trust me, because ain't nobody was responsible for me I knew good and goddamn well that I had to be responsible for my daughter. So she was another driving force behind me saying, well, shit, I guess I got to, you know, make something happen with this education thing, you know? So I got to make sure that my grades are on point, you know, even harder now. So, uh, you know, I can at least end up with a scholarship or something, Mm -hmm. you know, to go to college. So I ended up graduating, um, high school with with honors okay you know even while facing that challenge and shit like that and i supported myself through high school by making um a new orleans delicacy that we call or pralines you know so i made those every night and i sold them at high you know in school and made my money to take care of my daughter but of course my mama was pimping me for that mm-hmm. so it is but yeah, I graduated high school with honors. I got a partial scholarship to uh, Dillard University. But I realized, oh, and by the way, I moved out of my mother's house prior to me graduating. I moved out like the very next day that I turned 18. Oh, wow. So at the time of graduation, I was already in my own place. And of course, I had to pay for my own graduation and everything like that. Because like I said, my mother in no shape, way or form was responsible, you know, for me. You know, for me, I guess, you know, I was food stamps and a welfare check, you know, to her. And, you know, I paid, I've been paying bills in her house since I was 14 years old, you know, during the time that I was in her house. And, you know, when I ended up getting pregnant, I won't go back to that. At that time, I was back in New Orleans and you know, uh, moving from auntie's house to auntie's house because, you know, nobody was able to receive my light. So I ended up being a demon in all of their picture, if you know what right. I'm saying. Right, I understand. You know, so, yeah, I experienced that with my inner circle, with the inner family and shit like that. I was always the black sheep. But, you know, I was already on my own when I graduated, and I realized, fuck, I ain't got no support system. I'm already on, the, uh, you know, a budgeted income in my own place. Uh, ain't no fucking way I'm going to be able to, you know, pay for child care, do all of this shit, and have to truck across town to go to college. And I was like, man, fuck that shit. That ain't going, you know, that ain't going to happen because I have absolutely no support system. And so, fuck, I had to regroup. And the only thing that I knew at that time was, okay, now this is when you call a man into the picture. That's what my mother taught me to do unconsciously. But that's what she taught me. That's what she programmed me to do. So now I'm, what, 18, and I call in this dude, somebody I knew from high school. We ended up moving in together. Mm -hmm. Uh, That became an abusive situation. And so I was like, you know what, after this, I'm going to the military because that's something else that I knew, that I knew because of other family members doing that, and they looked like they had success with that. So um, my mother agreed to watch my daughter at that point. So I go to the military. Then um, I'm there in boot camp and all that shit. And 
You know, I get a phone call from my mother, amongst other things, and she was like, oh, because she was pregnant at the time with my youngest sister. Okay. And um, she was like, oh, I'm sick. You know, the pregnant, the doctor told me it's going to be a hard pregnancy for me because of my age. And uh, Deja, they're going to have to go and stay with, you know, this one, that one, or that one. And I was like, oh, no, fuck that. You know, my child ain't about to be, you know, passed around to all these different households. I already know how y'all do. Yeah. So, you know, I had to, I came up with a plan to get myself out of boot camp. And that was successful because I got the fuck out. And it just so happened. Everything worked like magic for me. I'm not even lying. But it just so happens the day that I was flying home, that was the day that my actual unit had um, was leaving to fly out to go to their next training. So we all flew out together as planned. Okay. <laughs> I, I just was going my ass home. <laughs> so, you know. I get home. I think, you know, I had a nice bit of change saved up because I wasn't able to spend my paychecks that I earned in uh, boot camp. Looked like probably that was the only reason why I went to step up a little nest egg. You know what I'm saying? I came back with that money, you know, got my daughter back and I'm back in my mother's house at this time. And shit, you know, she's married to this white man that she married, Matt, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And shit, since I've been uh, pregnant with my daughter, him too, you know, I've been fighting all throughout, you know, our living situation, which is why I moved out exactly when I turned 18, because I was at war with her husband, too, because he always felt the need to attack me. Mm. So I was fighting this nigga, too. Wow. This was the white man that I was training with, you know, so I'm in that bitch uh, sparring with him. And they used to go down in that motherfucker, because when I fight, I'm letting you know, it looked like some Kill Bill shit. Oh, wow. And that's the Literally, that warrior goddess energy that emanates throughout me. So, you know, when I fight, I fight. That's why I never looked at it as if I was being abused, you know, when I was in these relationships, because I have already been, you know, programmed and been trained to fight boys my whole damn childhood. Yeah. So this, you know, it was normal. And this is why black women like me ain't that damn soft and <laughs> feminine for anybody who wants to know. Okay. Because we've been fighting all our goddamn lives. That's true. We ain't, you know, we ain't as a flower, but we ain't always as delicate as a flower. Y'all understand? <laughs> you better tell me, because baby, that's me all day. I use a tomboy hanging around my boy cousin. They be like, Quarter, go with the girls. Nah, man, I want to be with a boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just tomboys. And if I were my boy cousins and I had fights in school, this is why I'm tough and retards. You know what I'm saying? I hate using that word crazy people. You know what I'm saying? Like, people just don't get it. You know, they just want to experience they motherfuckers y'all have not walked in our shoes and the thing is y'all refuse to even take a moment to even begin to understand what we have been through yeah that is true everything about us y'all talk all this shit about us but ain't there one of you niggas coming up with no solution issue (laughs) shut the fuck up tall glass shut the fuck up and sit your dumb ass down (laughs) As, so let me ask you this. Um, so after you, you know, uh, graduate from school, you had your baby and all that good stuff there. So did you uh, go into any other relationships uh, after, you know, when you came back from the Army? I mean, well, look out. Relationship after relationship, because this was my, my, this is the program that my mama trained me in, right? Uh huh. So it was. 
call you a man to come up in this motherfucker and pay them bills. So, you know, when the motherfucker jumped out the picture, another, another motherfucker jumped right in. It's like I had a Christmas stocking hanging in heaven full of motherfucking predators waiting to come in and take each other's motherfucking place. Wow. So they were because predators love to feed off the light. Mm. And that's what it was. The fucking light, even when I did not know it. But they enjoy feeding off of us. So, you know, it was man after man after man. And so after I got out of the military, I found me a nice boy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So all you niggas out there who want to know why a girl get with a nice boy, but she, you know, do something to send him off, to run him off, is because we know we would devour him. And he is too nice for that. (laughs) <laughs> you have to for his sake for real for real but, yeah, nice boy named Aaron Davis look he had a beautiful name and everything you know? <laughs> he was a Muslim he ain't important nothing he was a real real nice boy okay you know but my mom had showed me what to do with nice boys except fuck over them mm. you know I knew he was too nice for me he was the nicest boy that I've been with Thus far, oh, wow. <laughs> and this <laughs> so you know, but you know that was a reminder to me. I look back now; that was a token to highlight what I can have, you know. Yeah. But um, every time we moved in together, you know, after I got the military, I'm with my mama, and uh, she pretty much my sister in that house at that time just straight up abandoned us because she moved all her shit out and was like I'm going to Florida y'all do whatever the fuck y'all do you know survive how y'all survive wow. so you know you know we was left there and so my sister went her separate way and I think my sister was like um, 15 or maybe 16 at this time and you know by that time that light skin shit she, you know she didn't give a fuck you know she didn't really give a fuck about no more another one of her enemies, you know, but you always had the advantage over me since I was the dark skinned one in the household. Yeah. But yeah, my sister, I ended up finding this boy, Aaron Davis. Apparently he had a crush on me since high school. So, you know, fuck, perfect. Match made in heaven. I needed a nigga to pay half these bills. And you wanted a girl. You know what I'm saying? That's how it worked. Fuck. <laughs> and you know what? That's the really shit. You know what? To make me think like, first of all, when I moved in my first apartment, it was just supposed to be me, but Nick came along with me. And you know what? I was uh-huh. like, yeah, he could come along and be paid half of these because I ain't going home. I ain't going back home. I just dropped out of college. Bitch, I ain't going back home. So you go ahead and get you a job or two. I'm going to get me a job. We're going to split these deals. Yep. We're going to keep me from being at my mama's house and keep you wanting to be under me. And then we could do it just like that. So we both, but yeah, but uh, yeah, that's funny. I never thought about it that way. Fuck, that's what it is. Fuck, I mean, when you you came up like I came up, when you a black woman who ain't never seen no man, you know, no constant man figure, and none of the women's lives that you was around, you already programmed to know niggas come in and niggas drop out at the drop of a motherfucking dime, mm-hmm. at the flip of a hat. You know, I'm already well programmed and trained in this shit. You know, so that's pretty much what it what it was, nigga. You was just the next next nigga on the hit list, pretty much. Wow. But and I ended up getting pregnant for him, and you know, because I was already so programmed with that dark skin, ugly shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was, he 
he was a dark skinned man. He was a dark skinned boy. And he was, you know, we was the same age and shit like that. He was dark skinned. So now I'm, you know, pretty much paralyzed with fear because all the shit that I experienced as a dark skinned uh, you know, child, as a dark-skinned woman coming up in this motherfucker. Now, do I won't bring a dark-skinned baby in this motherfucking world knowing all that shit is about to happen to it, you know? And am I even going to love this dark-skinned baby? Because obviously I don't love myself, and I, I, I know the treatment that I received, you know, as a dark-skinned baby, as a dark-skinned child, being the only dark-skinned child in the household. Yeah. So shit, I, was, I cannot have this baby. And so I ended up having an abortion with his baby. Mm. And I look at that as straight up murder because I was five months at that time when I made the decision. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what came out of that. And that's when, you know, how me and him ended up parting ways. But prior to that even happening, I cheated on him. So, hey, uh, we weren't even sure if the baby was here in the first place. <laughs> uh, so wow. You know, <laughs> he ended up being the one paying for the portion, though. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if y'all judge me neither because that's how spiritually awake I am. I'm just sharing my fucking experiences with y'all. This was my mission. I was born for this shit because only a bitch who can come like me talking this shit. I had to be. For this shit. Uh, yeah, right. But yeah, but you sell it off. You know, I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> but that's what happened, you know. And after that, ooh, I must have cursed myself. Ooh, because after that, oh, oh, I had, I caught hell with them niggas after that. Mm. Because I already, you know, I called them this nice boy. You know, the universe that sent me this nice boy. And spirit said, okay, this what you want to do with this nice young man here? You know, completely sabotage that relationship. So, you know, in my mind, after watching TV and everything else, what's the next thing for a girl on my level to call in? Call them me a motherfucking drug dealer. You heard me? Mm-hmm. I met that motherfucker just like magic. I was hanging on, you know, I was at one of the New Orleans celebration, um, hanging on the wall, resting my feet, because I've been doing a lot of walking in them hills. This motherfucker came over straight up to my face and asked me what's my name and what's my birthday. And I was like, oh, you know, gave him my name because he was just my type too. He was light-skinned with the most light-ass eyes. And I don't like niggas like that to this day. But, um, and he was just like my daughter's father. Same goddamn type. Apparently that was my M.O. Because my mother told me, always get you a light-skinned one with baby can come out light-skinned. Oh, wow. Exactly. I was trained. Look, that was the M.O. Because you're going to hate the dark-skinned ones and you're going to like the light-skinned ones. You're going to treat the light-skinned ones with love. And you're going to be kind and gentle with the light-skinned ones as as much as you can possibly be. But you're going to do the dark-skinned ones, you know, like a damn dog. Hey, worse than a damn dog. So that program was well installed. So, you know, I ended up uh, hooking up with this nigga. You know, we exchanged phone numbers. We talked a couple of weeks later. You know, we went out on a date already. I should have known from the start, you know, but my goddamn, you know, senses and intuition wasn't as well developed at that point. Because from the very fucking start that I started fucking with this nigga, nothing but, you know, drama 
start happening in my life. Cause this was a nigga, of course, if you with me, you a vibration to the shit that I got going on. And I'm not, but you know, goddamn wounds, you know, hurt, damage and all that shit. And this nigga brought nothing but the type of chaos that a nigga who been through the same type of shit that I probably been through on, you know, on the masculine side of things. Yeah. So I'm now involved with him. Um, and this is right after now that I got out of the relationship with um, Aaron. In fact, Aaron wasn't even all the way moved out yet, I believed. Because like I said, when one jump out, another one jumped in, <laughs> just like that. Somebody about to come pay half these motherfucking bills. <laughs> so it was Brian, and he was just my type. The nigga sold drugs, so I knew the money was gonna keep coming. <laughs> so we hooked up. Um, Hey, uh, I want to say two weeks into it, not two, yeah, two, two weeks or maybe three weeks into our first date, the nigga get my goddamn rental car, you know, um, he go to jail in my rental car, wreck that bitch and everything. Then that shit was in somebody else's name. So I got fucked over like that in the very beginning. But I didn't see that shit as a sign and symbol. And this was the very first month. Oh, wow. Then that nigga in his mind obviously had, you know, that he going to be a pimp if he going to be in this reality. So this nigga slick slided, uh, you know, uh, attempted to pimp me out. Wow. You know, it ain't never went down like that. But this was, this was, this was his agenda. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The furthest it went was him getting me a job at some, um, in some bar, some club, nightclub on Bourbon Street as one of them shot girls selling them damn shots. Okay. And, uh, you know, I did that. He hooked me up with that shit. And even in that time, like the first three months of me being with this nigga, bam, police incident after police incident after motherfucking police incident. I was like, God damn. You know, I've been exposed to the police, but I ain't never had a police come to me this much. Yeah. You know? in the presence of a nigga because these niggas uh, these niggas in them low vibrations they are magnet to that shit and that was my whole experience with him and you know soon into the relationship what four or five months into the relationship I ended up pregnant with his baby and this was what two months or three months after I aborted the previous baby the dark skin baby and so immediately I get in a relationship with Brian this thug and I get pregnant with his child and I, I, I guess I feel like I didn't struck gold you know what I'm saying because now I know this one is going to be light skin you know, this was the year that Hurricane Katrina happened. Okay. And so when that shit happened, me and him pretty much was stuck together because we got swooped up in that shit together. And um, we ended up moving to Sioux Falls, South Dakota after Hurricane Katrina happened. And yeah, during that time, you know, I'm pregnant. He's cheating. I'm experiencing the abuse in that relationship because none of the pregnancies that I have had were any, you know, were peaceful. So I'm going through it in that situation. He's a fucking demon. And I'm trained to take this shit. I'm experiencing this shit behind closed doors. Nobody's none the wiser, but yet everybody knows he's cheating at that point except me. You know, I give birth to my son in January. Um... After that, that's when all the shit hits the fan and, the, you know, the cheating and all this shit comes out. The relationship continues to get abusive because now, now I'm under attack because I'm calling him out for his bullshit. Uh, at that point, I began to look for a way out of that situation 
I asked my mother if I can come and stay with her until I got on my feet until, you know, I put, you know, put together a plan or something. And she was like, oh, no, can't nobody come and live in my apartment. So, you know, I prayed and asked for a way out. Just so happens that uh, when we ended up being on one of his drug runs, one that I did not want to go on to. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling him this shit. I don't want to go on this run. You can go by yourself. You know how to get there. Because that was obviously his fucking map because he ain't have no fucking sense. Oh, dumbass nigga. But... <laughs> I was the brains of the operations without even knowing that I was the brains of the operation. You know, but I'm praying for a way out of this situation. I won't go on a trip. Kept telling him I didn't want to go on a trip. But uh, somebody he knew in New Orleans wanted to buy my car. And so I figured, hey, this would be the money I use to get myself about this situation. And so I was like, all right, I'll go now. And so, bam on that trip we ended up getting pulled over like two or three times by the goddamn police just going down there without the drugs and i'm like wow look at this shit and you know we go down there get the drugs sell the car on our way back boom get pulled over just like motherfucking magic because it always happened like magic in my life see the police on the side and we had just got pulled over in louisiana going you know coming out of louisiana and they searching too, but they ain't find shit. I don't know how they didn't find shit, but I guess they was like, all right, we, we know they got something, but we gonna let these niggas go, you know, in another area. And so it looked like from the way I felt about it, it looked like the police in Louisiana clued the police in, in Texas that we were on our way and gave them a description, description, because that's what the shit felt like. Because, you know, we're in Denton, Texas. We had just left out of the Dallas area. And, you know, there was, you know, traffic. It was jammed. You know, we couldn't even do the speed limit because we had to call on crews. Couldn't even do the speed limit. Broke the speed limit. You know, we're passing the police. Nobody's speeding because there's traffic. All of a sudden, these motherfuckers throwing them lights. You know, they way behind us. And I'm looking like, I wonder who they after. Motherfuckers get closer and closer and closer. So they behind us. And I'm like, ah, shit. Here we go. These motherfuckers, and it just so happens to be the K-9 units. And I'm like, look at this shit. These mothers pull, pull us over. They was like, you know what? Now nah, let's pull this shit all the way over. These motherfuckers start searching the car, find all that shit. And I'm just sitting there like, I ain't know none of this shit was in there. <laughs> you know, smoking my cigarette. I got my son in there. My son was eight months old at this time, about to be nine months old, so he's in there. That bitch, I'm just sitting there, you know, smoking my cigarette. Like, don't have mercy. I can't I got my shit myself into this shit. How am I gonna get out of this one? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, wow. So, you know, now I'm fucking wrapped up in that situation in Denton, Texas, of all places. Motherfucking the star capital of where white people like the late niggas underneath the jail. Mm -hmm. How in the fuck did I get caught up here? Matter of fact, how in the fuck am I still free? That's the, that's the real <laughs> question based on all the shit. Oh. All the shit we got <laughs> Based off of all the shit we got caught with, girl, we got caught with. This nigga had two kilos of cocaine in a white folks' towel. This nigga had a big old black, a hundred pounds of marijuana in these white people's towel. This nigga had ecstasy pills in his white people's towel. This nigga had his personal stash of drove in these white people's towel. This nigga had loads of cash and my goddamn money from where I stole my car in these white people's towel. This nigga had a car. <laughs> For cash and these white people's cow, oh. and this nigga had all the 
black guns in these white people's town and they took all that shit including our motherfucking son in these white people's town motherfucking Denton, Texas I said look at this shit here wow. and that was my way out of that relationship so now I find myself in jail and I'm like shit bitch how'd you end up here it was a nightmare them first two days in the goddamn cell I'm like bitch how'd I I ain't know nobody numbers except you know my uh, people from my childhood that I have not even been connected with but oh, I yeah. ended up calling them guys, you know, ended up getting bullied. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what y'all got to tell. And you know, it worked because motherfuckers got the message <laughs> and realized, oh, these motherfuckers then got caught up. They in jail. <laughs> Girl, so tell me why my, my boy cousin with my whole goddamn childhood tell me why okay because like i said everybody where i'm from alligators eat alligators ain't no west thing fuck so they figured my my cousin he figured he was the head honcho demon over this shit so this nigga went in the house took all the drugs took all the money you know they ran through my shit not they, they ran through my shit. I'm giving them credit because they did they did send my bail money so i'm gonna give them credit for that and they did pay for my lawyer so, you know, they took everything, but they did do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. so, they did do that. So, you know, I was in there, I think, the first time for maybe seven or eight days, you know, ended up getting bonded out. I had to catch the Greyhound bus uh, back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's where I was staying at the time. You know, get there, and I'm like, shit, you know, what's, you know, what, what now? Yeah, I know my son is out there. So I'm now, because my son is in uh, Texas, Denton, Texas, I'm dealing with CPS. I now have to drive to Texas. I was driving to Texas every week to see my son because I didn't want to miss none of those visitations. Yeah. So I'm seeing him. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to have to um, move to Texas to, um, you know, because I can't be driving here every week. I'm going to just move to Texas and deal with this shit right here. Criminal charges and everything. And so ended up gathering up my shit after this nigga got out of jail because he spent the month in there after Thanksgiving we go and pack up whatever the fuck it is that we was taking and um drove to Texas I got an apartment out there and this nigga he's pretty much now tagging along with me then this nigga got the nerve to start talking about motherfucking marriage mm-hmm. bitch if you don't get the fuck out of here that's what I I want motherfucking marry you that motherfucker gonna take a demon jumped in you. Bitch, a demon jumped in me. No, I'm highly offended. After all this shit, after everything you done did to me, now motherfucker says, you know your ass about to go down? You gonna holler about some motherfucking marriage? You ain't got no money. You ain't got none of that shit no more, nigga. You think I won't marry your motherfucking ass? <laughs> Hang out motherfucking <laughs> Don't you ever ask me that shit again. Go tell me a demon jumped in me. No, bitch, truth jumped in my ass in that moment. And everything you put me through, bitch. Okay. <laughs> And so, you know, because you know, I got a big heart. I ain't even about me. I got a big heart. You weren't even supposed to be in my goddamn premises. You were supposed to be on my premises anyway. But I, you know, since I felt that we were in it to get our son back, I allowed you really to come stay at my apartment because my bail bonds officer even told me, don't fuck with that nigga. But I did what I did, thinking that we was going to come together and get our child back. But girl, this nigga ended up raping me, I think, on my birthday. Oh, wow. 
that was spirit letting me know you shouldn't have taken that motherfucker back after everything he done already did for you. Your empathetic hard ass let him come back into your goddamn premises and you already know what he displayed, what he does to you. So we gonna add this final touch on it. And you know, because I allowed him in, I opened myself up to that shit because I allowed you back in. Rape me on my birthday. By the next week, I said, oh, this mother, you know, I prayed on that day. I said, this motherfucker gonna be gone. That next week, we went to visit our son on that Friday and CPS gave us extra time too. They ain't never do that shit before. They'll tell me why once again, the police come busting in the motherfucking room, ripping my son out my arms, all to take us back to jail because the charges now all of a sudden went federal. Wow. But that was the answer to my prayers to get this motherfucker out of my life once and for all. Because what happened was the judge ended up granting me, look, because I explained to the judge, I said, I know this happened, but right now, look, I got an apartment down here in Texas. You know, I have a job down here in Texas, and I'm working the CPS, CPS case to get my son back. I said, I need to be out. And so the judge had granted me whatever they grant, grant uh, people with federal charges because you can't get out on bond when you have federal charges. It's either the judge don't let you out or they not. And so obviously spirit was working in my favor because the judge let me out. And I, um, at that time, I only did, I spent 11 more days in jail at that time until they figured out what they was going to do. But they ended up releasing me. But his ass had to stay up in there, period. Yeah. And so that was my finally getting him out of my life once and for all so now i'm here in texas all by my goddamn self the only other connection that i have out here is um his brother's girlfriend who lives in texas and that's what that situation was even fucked up because that nigga was in jail at this time and she met him in jail and i think he had been in jail for like 10 years at this point so yeah, she, you know, got with him while he was in jail and she just so happened to be up in Texas and me and her ended up connecting and we became uh, close. She helped me out with my son while I was down there after I got him back. But during that process, I ended up going work in the strip club because I couldn't get no job nowhere else because, you know, I attempted to go back to school before and I was in school for nursing. Yeah, I was in school for nursing when I met Bryant, but all that chaos and confusion that he brought to my life put a stop to that shit quick, fast, in a hurry. So, you know, after I got him out of my life, I attempted to go back to school, but that was an obstacle because the lady was like, well, you're not going to be able to do your clinicals because you got this pending charge. And I was like, okay. And she was trying to talk me into doing some other program just so she can make her fucking commission. But I was like, I'm not about to pay all this money for this bullshit that you're trying to push on me. So that didn't go through. And so I went to, you know, look for many jobs. I got many jobs, but every time they did, they got damn background check and they'd be like oh well you know your charges came up pending so you know we're gonna have to uh not hire you we're gonna have to let you go oh wow and so option at that point was go to the motherfucking strip club you know once again involved it looked like everything in my life it was involved in the frequent frequency of that sex slavery shit and this what i call the real motherfucking sex trafficking and sex slave shit because what about all the women who feel like this is their only motherfucking option based off of all the programming they receive in their whole goddamn life? Yeah. Like, truly the mentality of what's going down and a lot of these goddamn uh, experiences and situations. But yeah, I'm in the strip club now and I go in the strip club as a waitress and shit. I don't know, motherfuckers just love me because they all predators. And like I say, I resonate as the light. So, you know, it was easy to make money for me in the strip club and that's how I survived. And um, I did that, 
how old was I when I went to the strip club? I was 23 when I went into the strip club and I left when I was 25. And, you know, doing this, this is how I'm able to pay child support for my son because CPS had my ass on child support. Um, I had to maintain an apartment, had to maintain food, had to uh, maintain car and all that, you know, had to maintain myself. And, you know, I never was taught how. It was doing the best that I could possibly can. Turned quite a few tricks, you know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers talk about Cardi B. I'm the epitome of what the fuck Cardi B was. Point blank, period. Okay. So, you know, turned tricks when I had to, to make sure that I survived. And I, that shit lasted, like I said, for about two years, two years of my life from the time that I was 23 to the time that I was 25. And during that, I ended up getting my son back, like I said, where nobody knew what was going on with me except like two people. Because, you know, I didn't make friends throughout this whole situation. There was no friends. There was people that I, you know, talked to that I would clue in on what it is that I was going through. But nobody at my job, you know, knew nothing about me. I was like a ghost in that motherfucker. I didn't run my mouth. I didn't talk. You know, I wore my mask. I was there for business, and that was it. Fuck all y'all petty shit and all that drama y'all get yourself in. Alicia Green, a.k.a. Porcelain, uh, she got a motherfucking objective. She got an agenda, and she ain't here to play. Mm-hmm. You know? That's my mindset and that shit. I'm here for money, and that is it. This is the easiest place for me to get it. And that was, you know, that was that experience, you know. And, of course, I didn't watch a lot of TV. I graduated from Law and Order University. You know, I look at that as my law degree. You know, I've been seeing a lot of cable shows, HBO. So I got, a, I received a lot of education from TV. And a lot of the shit that I seen on TV and them documentaries and all that shit, they showed me how to move and operate in this world. Because I sure was a lot around, you know, a lot around a lot, around a lot of white people and a lot of white men who were not but predators any motherfucking way. All types of different types of predators. Mm-hmm. Even the ones who the nicest, you motherfuckers were predators. Because I know a predator when I motherfucking see one. And every last nigga that I jacked in that motherfucker, y'all got jacked because y'all was motherfucking predators. And my motto was that you motherfuckers think you gonna fuck me, but I guarantee you, you gonna be the one who get fucked first. And that's how I survived in that motherfucking strip club. Oh, wow. I didn't mess with you know, millionaires and everything else. And her motherfucker, I survived that shit. So, you know, during this time, I was like, this is when I wanted to go into a healing period with my mama now. So she was, you know, going through, you know, all her relationships. She always been going through some shit. Ain't never no peace. It's always war, 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 war in the house with her. That's just what it is. And, you know, at this point, oh, now she's leaving her husband again. This is like maybe for the fourth, fifth time or whatever. So I was like, okay, well, why don't you come down here? I'm going to get us the house, you know? And then Ashley, my other, my sister, she said she wanted to come too. She was in Austin, Texas at this time. My mama was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I was like, I'm going to get us a house. We can all come down here. You know, we'll split the bills, da-da-da-da-da. I'll make this shit happen. So, you know, she ended up moving down here. Everybody's in my apartment. I think we ended up being in my apartment together for about three weeks to a month because I was trying to find a place still. And it was hard to get a place because I made all my money cash. And, you know, these motherfucking houses want to see bank statements and check stubs and all that shit. So couldn't find that shit. You know, I didn't have that shit to supply. She just moved down here so she couldn't use nothing from her. 
And my sister, you know, fuck, she just came from Austin. I was the only one with money at that time. All they had was fucking tax returns, I believe. So, of course, ended up flying in the house for $1,800 a month with some old shady-ass Haitian bitch. This bitch was very, very, very shady. But I guess I was the vibrate. We was all a vibrational match to this situation because I was desperately trying to find a place to put us. And this bitch was desperately trying to keep her house from not going into for- where the bitch was already in foreclosure. So, yeah, she rented out me. This bitch rented me a house that was already in for for $1,800 a month, bitch. (laughs) So, I get my my mom and we in that bitch together. And now I want to begin to speak about the things that happened in childhood. Because I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, put this shit out on the table. I'm ready for you to, I feel like you owe me an apology. You owe me something. You know what I'm saying? I've been holding this shit in for too long. And this is when I'm, what, I'm 25 at this time? Yeah, I'm 25 at this time. Like, I've been holding this shit in for too long. I'm ready to talk about this shit. We need some healing from this shit. Baby, girl, tell me why she was running her mouth back to all the family in New Orleans. About, I'm in that bitch torturing her. Tell me, I'm blaming her for my, uh, my sexual abuse. And I'm telling her that she knew and she keep telling everybody she never knew. You know how it go, right? Yeah. I go, but yeah, everybody, you know, and because they didn't all, they were all sexually molested and everything like that throughout their childhood, but everybody said they was not, but yeah, all you bitches, every time I ask y'all how y'all childhood been, all you bitches tell me the same story as if y'all was huddled in the attic one night as a sleepover and made this y'all motherfucking patch. <laughs> the same story. Every time I ask y'all about y'all, oh, we had a wonderful childhood. Oh, oh we had so much love. Right. The fucking ass off, and I used to fall for that shit. I'm thinking, they had a wonderful childhood full of love, and ain't that love never been nowhere in that one of you bitches' heart. At least I ain't never seen none because I know how y'all treated me. I seen you bitches with y'all mask off, so I know what I'm dealing with. Yep. But she was running her back, telling them that I'm uh terrorizing her, you know, and all this shit. So, bam. She checked out. My sister checked out. They leave me in that motherfucking house by myself. This is a five-bedroom house, $1,800 a month, and this bitch is already going to foreclosure. Mm. This bitch, the fucking landlord gonna tell me, oh, people about to start coming looking at the house because she trying to sell this I say, oh, oh, no, I'm not about to do this. So I found me a nigga in a strip club, and I was like, you know, bingo, got him. This nigga, you know, was infatuated with me. All right, and this was another white man. All right, motherfucker, you're going to put me in your house. And that's what he did, moved me in his house. And now I have both of my children at this time because my daughter had to stay in Sioux Falls, South Dakota with my mama until I got the, uh, the custody situation with my son. And now I ended up going to jail for six months during, during this time, too, and got out of jail and bounced back just like that because I made a nigga pay my rent and my car notes while I was in prison. Mm, okay. When I got out. And so, you know, it was just jumping back into my goddamn, you know, into my occupation, doing what I was doing while being on probation for a year. So, yeah, in 2009, I should say, yeah, that was 2009. I find this nigga after he moved out. He moved me into his place, and that pretty much gave me space to decide on what it was that I was going to do. Uh, we call ourselves being engaged and all of that shit. Um, he had a daughter, little little girl named Mila, and I had both of my children at that time, my son and my daughter. 
in his house. And, you know, we come from completely different backgrounds. Really, the way I look at the situation, he called me into his life because he needed me to destroy some shit for him. And I called him into my life because I needed the motherfuckers to pay some bills while I worked this shit out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think his objective that he wasn't even know he was aware of. He was, he had already experienced a divorce from his wife. He was in the house that he was paying the mortgage on now, but she, um, she had ties to half the profits of the house because, um, I guess that's just the way it is in Texas or whatever, even though they were only married for like two or three years. And so he and that bitch, and he's struggling paying the mortgage or whatever because he ready to let that motherfucker go. But he felt like he invested too much in it. Well, I came into the picture and I just stopped paying the mortgage complete because I seen it was a waste of time because you was mm-hmm. already in over your head. You just have the courage to stop because you're trying to hold up an illusion like everything all good. So, yeah, I did him that favor. Uh, and this is the way I'm looking at it now. I did him that favor. He paid them bills. You know, he put me in the house for those six months that we was together. And he put my car in his name that I ended up taking with me to New Orleans. Mm. So, you know, we called ourselves being engaged. You know, we knew we were there just for the motherfucking moment. We knew the uh, <laughs> expiration date and that motherfucker expired, you know. You was talking to a bitch behind my back. I just was offended because the motherfucker broke up with me. And they ain't never really happened before. Yeah. So I was really, my ego was hurt. Because this motherfucker going to actually tell me he ain't want to to me no more. And I was like, okay. So, uh, but anyway, his tax return had just came in though. And I made sure I got my cuts. And I used this money to move back to New Orleans. And so I get back to New Orleans. I'm supposed to shack up with one of my aunties before I make it back down there. This bitch is already talking about me, you know, calling me all type of hoes and everything else, you know. So I'm like, okay, well, I already know it's not going to be a good situation to go live with her. So I go right back to my mama's house in the situation with her. My sister, who left me in Texas because she went back to Austin, mm-hmm. she ended up being there. So it was like all three of us bitches just met up again after what just happened. You know, and it's like six, seven months down the line. And okay, so now I'm in this situation. And my thing is, all right, time to go and get a job so I can get into my own place and get this shit worked out. I asked my sister, she wanted a roommate. You work at night and help me with my kids. I work in a day or however we want to do this. And we help each other out. Because now she's pregnant with her second child. But because she has such a nasty fucking heart, and I took care of this bitch all my life, and bitch, if you ever listen, no, I raised her. Here. I sure did. I took beatings for your ass. I looked out for your ass. You know, and you never showed me that type of energy in return. But her mindset was, oh, I don't feel like watching her kids. Oh, wow. So she ended up going to get her own apartment. That she, went, bitch, you ain't even have no job. You use your tax return to do that shit with you, silly ass. <laughs> You, it was gonna be a waste of money, and I'm being completely real. This is how I really feel about it. Oh, jeez. Oh, female. Let's be real about it. You stepped in the motherfucking apartment when bought all that shit in the next month. You stepped clean out that bitch because you couldn't have. Do me, bitch. I've been out for you my whole life. 
you know, but because I've been trained very well to take care of those who fucking you and abuse me. But yeah, she didn't want to get in an apartment with me. She did that, stepped out that apartment, had to go run back to her baby daddy. Mm. Run back to him. So now I'm in the apartment. And mind you, now I'm in the apartment once again with my mama. And now she back with the husband that she left to come to Texas for. And he was night and shining on, but I came to rescue her, that came to Texas and rescued her from me. So now they back together in this apartment and she fucking every other nigga on your stupid ass. But now you want to take your anger out on me. So now we up in that bitch and we going to war like Kill Bill once again. And I'm aware, I'm 26 years old at this time. So now once again, as a grown ass woman, I'm in your house fighting with your motherfucking husband. Because this nigga got so much resented anger towards me. And I finally found out why. And that's because the nigga wanted to fuck me since I was a child. He just didn't never, he, he just never went there. He resisted. But all that energy had to manif manifest it into all that anger. And that's why this motherfucker attacked me my whole goddamn childhood. That oh, I, you know, wow. my whole life that I and how I figured that shit out is because I have a cousin that I know, you know, everybody always say we look alike, we favor. And, you know, when me and her linked up, she was like, oh, because he loved me. He used to give me money and everything. And it was like, oh, yes, because Chris loved him some Skydacia. And I know me and her look alike. You know, we short alike, dark skin alike, everything. And I was like, that's what the fuck it was. This nigga was hot behind me, but he, he wasn't a predator on that level. He resisted. But that shit turned into number anger towards me. Wow. Especially everybody else was fucking me and he couldn't get him none. <laughs> I'm just getting with it. <laughs> and that's what it was. But yes, I, I was battling with him. And you know, she letting this nigga know in his face that she fucking other niggas. Why don't you just leave? Like I said, she a bully. She used to beat his ass. Had him in the neck braces with broken arms and everything plenty of times. You was never bad enough to fight that bitch and beat her up though, huh? Mm-hmm. This nigga up and everything. Yeah, that was my first jail experience when I was 16. I was lucky too, because it happened right before I turned 17 too. So I was only charged as a minor. Oh, okay. But yeah. And during that situation, now I'm back in their apartment. She taking my rent money because I can't, I never, you know, I'm not able to live in her house for free. So I'm paying her rent. I'm paying half the rent now. Half the rent while my sister's living there for free. I'm paying half the rent. Wow. Oh, while she taking the rent money, not paying the rent because she's saving up to go to her next place. And her next place, damn sure didn't include me. And so while I'm up in here fighting with her husband and shit like that, and she getting rid of him all the while, the shit that the other nigga she burned into the picture to next prey to devour. And these niggas just wasn't working out. So her and him, her and her husband ended up working it out behind, you know, through the grapevine or whatever behind closed doors. And this bitch was saving the rent money to go now back to him and get in the house with him. Oh, and that's wow. what she did. So, so now I'm in an apartment that's under eviction. Mm. So I had to find me a place to go because this shit ain't looking good. Wow. I go to my great grand. I ask her, look, this is my situation. This is what it is. I ain't got nowhere to go. Can I come stay here? She told me, yes, I can come stay there. Uh, you know, I'm excited. I got a place to go. Finally, a bitch can rest. You know what I'm saying? Finally, a bitch gonna have, you know, a moment to rest, get her head together, because it's been shit back to back all my entire life. On my way from driving home from my great grandmother's house, my grandmother called me, and this is my this is my father's people now. My grandmother called me. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, 
wrong. My mama just called me and told me you asked her if you can come stay over there. Well, I'm letting you know from my mama. And my mama ain't got nothing to do with this. You ain't going to stay over there. Oh, you got a handicapped child. My mama ain't, my mama's 80 something years old. She don't feel like being bothered with that. So you're not going to stay over there. Yeah. Oh, what's your situation? You know, basically just let me know. Why, and she literally told me, why don't you go stay, sleep in your car for a while and then go to a shelter and, you know, they'll expedite you a Section 8 voucher or some shit like that. Oh, wow. So, what? Dang, that's horrible. But um, cause we out, we are at the uh, two minute mark. So, oh. uh, yeah. So, but I know I did want to ask you other um questions in regards to like your your spiritual awakening. So we can always do um, you know, another segment here with your spiritual awakening, how you activate your yeah. consciousness. Um, you know, and go from there, you know, from, since you did give us your background from, you know, where you're from, your real name, your childhood, teenager, uh, being a teenager, being molested, and, you know, being a mother at a young age, so a disabled child, how were you able to get out of that, and how, why are you so comfortable with talking about it right now, you know, so I definitely yeah. want to do a spiritual segment with you. Um, so mm-hmm. we can continue this so it can follow behind what you already given us because you did give us a lot of information so the people know yeah. once you get in that segment everyone would know like okay this was her background so I know exactly why uh, you know how she was able to um, what she's at right now through her spiritual awakening yeah. and yes. uh, activating her consciousness so but yeah I mean I really do appreciate you um, you know just even sharing so much you know details you know a lot of people are not brave like that a lot of us want to talk about things but then we still have parents that's alive and then we may feel bad or we may not want them to be upset with us or you know what i'm saying like this is you open the doors for people to heal you know uh to to let it out to get it out of them you know the hell with anyone that get in their feelings because if i have issues remember you're the one that created those issues so in order for me not to have these issues are you willing to talk to me and stop sweeping shit under the rug or i mean you know what i'm saying so it's just like thank you so much and we do um appreciate you uh for being on i am she for rizzy show and i really do appreciate you taking out the time we're looking for the next segment y'all we're gonna have a next segment soon so she can speak about her spiritual awakening and I appreciate you to I am for real Z show. Give me a platform to let this shit out for real. For real she. All right. Well, y'all have it. And again, thank y'all so much for listening to us. Peace and love. Peace and love. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you're like to help make this show possible, tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm forward slash I am she for to become a monthly supporter. You can support as low as 99 cents per month. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Peace and love.